Hello and welcome back to Onto the Ball. I'm your host, Scott Nicholl, and I'm joined, as always, by James O.B. and Travis Morgan. We're here to preview Leeds versus Manchester United on Sunday. Yeah, Sunday. Uh, and it'd be rude not to talk a little bit about Man United versus Leeds last night when uh, Leeds went 2-0 up. And uh, <laughs> me and O.B. were like this, straight on the group chat. Travis was nowhere to be seen. Um, but it was painful. In the fact that I don't know about UOB, but when I was I was uh, I was watching the last of the Happy Valley, but I just kept checking my phone and it went two 0 and unfortunately I knew they'd come back. I didn't, yeah. I didn't I didn't think oh they're definitely still win, but I thought they won't lose, and that's yeah, testament yeah. to Eric Ten Hag and this squad at the minute, Trav. That uh, I don't know what you were feeling, but when Liverpool are two 0 down at the minute, I know we're dead buried. You should stop watching. Um, yeah. So, what kind of emotions were you going through at two 0 down, and why did you not come in the group chat? <laughs> I'll be, I'll be honest with you. No, seriously, I didn't feel very well from work, and I just got a quick shower, got straight into bed, and went under my coat in the dark. I had a fat, raging headache from work. That was my genuine, honest um, feeling. And I thought, do I put the game on on my laptop and just have it by my side? But I didn't put the game on, to be fair. And then, literally. I was like in and out of sleep. I didn't watch the game. Um, and woke up and it was like like already 1-0 because they scored really early. And I thought, oh, this is going to be the one game where we just sort of like drop. I know we dropped against Palace, yeah. against Palace and um, Arsenal. But I just thought the games have just been coming so thick and fast. One of one unexpected result was going to creep in. And I thought, especially when we went 2-0 down, this was going to be the game. But I've seen a few of the highlights over the course of the day and stuff. And it's pretty much what Ten Hag said. Like, we just started both halves really sloppy. And Leeds is a game, as you know, no matter how many sort of injuries and suspensions we've got, we should be winning, especially the game at Old Trafford. There's there's absolutely no excuse for the result itself. But like you said, I just love everything about sort of what this team and this, this manager is sort of displaying in terms of the character that we're showing. Definitely two points dropped. As I've said, there's no way of getting around that at all. But to come back from two two nil down um, is is a is the is a positive that we can take from the game going into Sunday. And we probably are going to be a little bit less, I would say, complacent and and a little bit more cautious about how we approach that game now. Um, definitely going to pay Leeds a little bit more respect than, than probably a lot of the fan base, including myself, paid. I thought we'd be quite comfortable at home. Um, but to find ourselves 2-0 down was a really, really uphill, uh, a big uphill struggle. Just talking um, in terms of the actual personnel and the changes that we made in the game, obviously there was no Casemiro. And again, as you as you know, with, with Twitter and other sources, that it sounded like we missed him badly. Because um, he's the we... best player in the world now, according to Man United fans. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's our only actual natural Stay holding player because he's so good on the ball as well like, in terms of like starting the attacks from deep. But he's our only natural defensive midfield player we've got. And Fred was the one that was trying to be at the base, trying to receive the ball off the centre halves and, and be that one who st- sort of instigated the attacks. And it's not his game. I think you saw that for long spells under Oli next to McTominay. Neither of those players are natural sixes. They can't really dictate the tempo of a game from deep. And as soon as Casemiro was out and Fred went into that role, it just like left gaping holes because Fred naturally wants to, 
he gets attracted to the ball, he wants to hunt, he wants to press. It's not really his game to sort of be disciplined and be behind the ball all the time. And it's not his, really his fault, but that just goes to show, like, I know we spent 200 million, but with the injuries to sort of Ericsson, the injuries to McTominay, the injuries to Van der Beek, and obviously Casemiro's suspension, it has left us a little bit light in, in sort of that defensive role. And I think it's something that we will address in the summer with a couple of players maybe going out, which I think will be Van der Beek and McTominay. I've got to admit, I looked at the starting lineup, Obi, I don't know about you, but I thought, on paper, that looks crap. I've seen Fred, Sabitza, Veghorst. And uh, I'm not saying I predicted yeah. that Man United were going to drop because they were yeah. at OT. So I was still confident you'd get the job done. But yeah, when it went 2-0 down, I thought sometimes football is that simple. I looked at this yeah. the lineup and I didn't fancy it. There is a lack of depth there, I think. And, 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 and Trav's talked about it on a few occasions where if you lose a key player, there's not really someone naturally to come in. Um, I think that's where teams like City and that benefit. Um, and I know they've hit a bit of rocky form lately, but they literally just replace like the like and you get you don't get a drop off in standard or very small drop off in standard. But if you ain't got Casemiro in the team in that United team at the moment, I think it's a totally different outfit to play. Um and they will struggle in football games without them. They really will when they and they are relying on, on a player like Rashford in an amazing amount of form to bail them out on quite a few occasions. Um, which is great for them, but it does hide as more of an underlying problem in as much as Casemiro doesn't play and he's going to pick up a lot of yellow cards. He's going to end up getting suspended. He's going to pick up the odd red. We've seen that already. That's part of his game. Um, he's probably start getting, start getting injured more and, and United need to make sure they have somebody ready to fill them, fill them boots, really. Um, Trav, did you echo... Mine and Obi's sentiments when we seen the side, did you think maybe the squad isn't as strong as I hoped it was? And who's going to be back for the game on Sunday? Obviously, Casemiro's still banned. Eriksen's still injured. What about mm. Martial? Where's Martial? Was he on the bench even? No, he's injured. I don't know what's up with him, mate. Is Martial just injured all the time now? I feel like it's a much, groundhog yeah. day, isn't it? Pretty much, yeah. I thought he was having his breakthrough season for the seven for eight year running. <laughs> Yeah, I know he's still breaking through. I think. I think oh, he's still breaking through. I remember when he broke through in 2015 and he scored that goal against us, and everybody's going, "That's him. He's going to break through. This guy's going to be a player." Yeah. And you see little bits of the, ta- the talent that he's got, but every so often it's just like that's not enough. You know what I mean? It's just there's not enough consistency, and he does disappear for large parts of the season whether it be on the pitch or not. You know what I mean? Whether it be injured or whether it just be, becomes anonymous. So it is quite interesting. It's, um, it's strange because I see a guy with the ability there and that, and that's what's probably going to haunt him in the back end of his career if he doesn't now do something with it. Absolutely. I think when you're injured that much, <clears throat> part of it has to be a mental thing as well, like yeah. playing through the pain barrier. I just think yeah. it's, it's impossible not for it not to be related to that slightly. Like, there, there will be occasions where he's he's not played and we've not taken a risk on him due to him saying he feels he can't play. But I just don't think he's got that oomph that, like, it's not a desire to play, but, like, he's never really had pressure from the centre-forward position at United. And that's been the thing. Like, we've always had washed-up players, older players who were sort of past their best, like the Cavani's, the Agalos. 
the Ibrahimovic is the one two year deals that I've never really we've never really had that guy up top since Van Persie that said right if you don't play we've always sort of like when Martial plays he makes a difference and it's like that's why this summer is just so important that we get that top ST we just need that top striker because we can't keep relying on him being that main man if he's if he's just going to play a handful of games. There's just literally no point carrying him. It's similar to when we had Louis Saha at United. All the talent in the world, but just could never stay fit. Martial fits in that mould. Is that the is that lad from Napoli the one then, Trav? Is he the one that you want? Is he the one that you think fits the way you play? Yeah, I I personally <clears throat> think so. Have, yeah, you un- because- have you unfollowed Trav on Twitter then, Obi? Because he tweets about no. Osimhen ten times a day, so no, he, no, he must no. be the I'm one. Just, I'm just following through. He's really buzzing there. about him. <laughs> yeah, I do like him. I do like him. Um, I think we just need that complete centre forward. Like, as much as Martial is so good at linking play with the likes of Rashford and the players that we've got, the Antonys and stuff like that. Sometimes you just need someone that you can just slide in 1v1, or a little bit of a powerhouse, a little bit of variation to his, to his play. And I think that's what Osman brings. He can go in behind, he can come short. He's got that physical stature where he can cross it. There's not sort of one angle that you can't approach with him. I mean, if you look at Erling Haaland, I know people are starting to question whether he fits City and stuff like this, which is... absolutely ridiculous. ridiculous. Yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> but like... If you look at the types of goals Haaland scores, he can score all types of goals. Like the only ones I haven't really seen him score is if he like he's blasting it from twenty five yards on like under no pressure. That's not what I've really seen him doing yet. But I'm not judging him on that. Do you know what I mean? If you slide yeah. it in behind, he, he can score. If you toss it in the air, he can score. He scores tappings. That's the kind of striker I want. Just a bit of a bully. Like I want someone physical up there. Have you not not just described Harry Kane though? I have I have described Harry Kane, yes. I mean, look... Harry, Harry I, Kane's a weird one. You, you two know my feelings on players approaching 30 or just turn 30. For me, it's too little, too late. But on the other hand, he could easily do a Robin Van Persie and push you on for a league title. But yeah, in terms of Ten Hag's plan, which must be spanning maybe three, four, five years, Harry Kane is the wrong option, surely. And he'll still cost a pretty penny, won't he? You're still talking 100 mil plus. Well, well, he's, he's getting towards the end of his contract. This is what I'm saying. It's like it's almost like the point where he's broke that record. And is he, is he now in a position where he just wants to go and win some trophies? Doesn't want to end his career with nothing to his name. And are United that team to go and help him win stuff? Because I think Ten Hag could sell him the dream. And uh, I think I think Kane could go. I think Kane could go to United. I really do. How long has he got left on his contract? Is it a year. Yeah, um, it'll be a year in the summer. Nah, surely not. I just think That'd I don't know. Like, I, I do like Kane. Don't get me wrong. I really do. But like, I don't know. Like, if you look at Spurs makeup. In, his, in Kane's later years now, even for England a little bit, he's dropping really deep. But if you look at like the England team and the Spurs team, you've got a lot of runners. Not just one runner, they've got a lot of runners. And I'm talking like Sterling wants to run in behind. You've got 
Son that likes to run in behind, Mora, Kuliszewski, those types of players. And he's sliding those players in. And Kane's still getting on the end of things and scoring a lot of goals because he's just such a good finisher, naturally. But, like, if you look at United, we, we don't really play like that. Like, we haven't got lots and lots of running in behind like that. So... That's the only question mark for me. Like, if Kane comes to United and drop deep, we already play against a lot of low blocks at Old Trafford. Is is he going to suit the style 100%? Don't get me wrong. He, I think he would come to United and score goals. Don't get me wrong. But like, like you said, in terms of that ultimate option, I just would prefer a little bit more of an Osserman type than Kane. They're both fantastic players, and I would be happy with either. But my preference would definitely be Osserman over Kane. So it's like Kane's uh, evolved his game in the last two years, hasn't it? Dropping deep. Um, mm. And that was yeah. the influence of Mourinho being at the club. So what you're saying, basically, he'd have to turn his style around 180 degrees to go back to that front foot striker again. But he's, he's, he's got that in his game. He's yeah, yeah. got that in his He was playing against. Um, with a lot of the work he does off the ball will not always get noticed by your yeah. casual fan who tunes in on match of the day. But I think for a, for a guy who can drag a team out of position, especially in bigger games and especially against the your likes of he likes scoring against City, he always causes City a problem. Um, and they're the sort of games that I imagine Teg Hag's got a pinpoint. He's got to have an option to win these big games if he wants to crack on and win the league in the next couple of years. I think it's criminal as well. Like <clears throat> Spurs have already come out and said they're not going to sell. I just don't think the deal will materialise based on that fact either. I just, I just can't see. I think it would be unforgivable if United finish in the top four, especially if United finish above Spurs and Spurs don't get in the top four and then they sell Kane to United. I just it will cause an absolute uproar. I just can't see them entertaining that deal unless Man you are going to stump up a load of cash. Um, obviously depending on contract length, but I can't see him costing anything less than a hundred million. To be honest, I really can't. Like it'll all just... depend on whether he has got only a year left or two years, won't it? Yeah. If he's got two years, then Spurs hold all the cards because and he's been linked with buying heavily as well. Yeah. Because who's going to be sniffing around when he's 31 and out of contract? You know, that really is, well, for me, that would be past last chance saloon. But mm. now, if he's only got a year left, then of course, uh, Harry Kane holds all the cards. He'll either sign a bumper deal with Spurs or he'll go for a knockdown price to someone like Man United. Um, mm. But, I mean, I'm just playing devil's advocate. Obviously, I want it all to go tits up at Man United. Of course I do, because I'm a rival. But... If they yeah. sign Kane, who's nearly 30, they put all their eggs in the Casemiro basket, who's 31 now. To me, Liverpool's problem is they've got an aging squad who are in their 30s, early 30s. To me, I think that would be a mistake and I would be going yeah. all out for Osman if I, I was 10 hard. Just, 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 had, just had a look, 2024, his contract's up. So in the summer, he'll have a year left. So I imagine if anybody's going to move, it'll be in the summer. That's mad then. Yeah, it's now or never for him really, isn't it? Exactly, yeah. Um, let's get on to Leeds versus Man United then, Trav. Uh, I just looked at your team. You've got a lot of injuries. So, 
all of a sudden when you drop points at home, <clears throat> games start looking a bit difficult when you look at your injury list. Are you worried away to Leeds? Surely they're going to have the wind in the sails and think, we took a point at OT, we're going to take all three back at Ellen Road. It's funny you say that because I saw a tweet yesterday saying new manager bounce is the scariest thing in football. It just tickled me. Have they got a new manager? <laughs> no, they've got... Manager list, didn't they? Yeah, the manager list. They've got, like, one of the assistants has taken over. Chris Armas, who was under Ranyuk at United, literally just is taken over for a few games until they get a replacement. To say I'm worried is, is, is a bit of a stretch. I'm not worried about the game. But certainly after, like you said, after yesterday's result, Leeds are going to be full of confidence going into that game and sort of know how to play against us. I think we'll have to pr approach the game a little bit differently. Whether we change personnel or not, I don't know. But like you said, we can't afford to start the way, start the game the way we did it in midweek. They've got some pace in wide areas, which caused us some problems in the game, especially down the right, down our right hand side against Dallow. Dallow. Who's that lad? Engotto or something? Yeah, Engotto. That was a great goal, only, wasn't it? Only two million he cost or something. <laughs> Stop it, Trav. Honestly, mate. Two million for Engotto. Two and a half million for Matoma. We might why as well just we wrap having, up. Why do we have to? Why do we have to pay seventy million every time we get a player? Every single time. And these, I think, I think, I think what these teams do is they take a chance on these boys and they bring them in, and they probably think, look, there's a 60% chance we're going to get it right. So for every one of them players, there'll probably be three or four that haven't made it at all. And we never hear about them because they come in, they drift around the club and they they, they swill off wherever, you know. Um, yeah. So I think they, they play the percentage game, but it's still worth playing if you Absolutely. think, if you bring, you bring in five players for two million each and one of them pays yeah, off, it's, yeah. it's still worth it, isn't it? But they're just playing different level of financial politics and playing the game at a different financial level to the big boys because as soon as we come in there's a Liverpool or there's a United tax or there's a City tax or a Chelsea tax or an Arsenal tax it just adds a, adds a zero to whatever you you would normally pay for them yeah sometimes I feel like Liverpool I don't know if Man United are the same but we can't be bothered with the red tape trying to mess around with work permits and stuff I remember seeing that we were linked with Alisson five years before we signed him but it was work permit this work permit that and he went to Italy it's all it's a bit yeah. annoying um but let's get straight down pressure on Travis first what's your score prediction for Sunday and a few of our viewers have noticed that you are on fire Trav with your predictions in fact I can't even remember the last one you got wrong I can't remember either, boy. You've nailed them all. You nailed the correct score every time. I'm gonna go. Two, I'm gonna go two-one United. I think it'll be tight. I really do, especially after what happened last night. I think. I think we'll make a change up top as well because, like you said, Vegas, he's been doing okay, but I think in a game like that, it's going to be frantic. He might use his experience, but I think now with the form Sancho's shown since he's sort of come back into the team, I think it'll be a good good time to start Sancho I'd like to see probably Rashford up front Sancho on one wing and if Anthony's back him on the other side or if not maybe Garnacho, Sancho and Rashford I think maybe the fluidity will benefit the team a little bit more um, especially as we have not got Casemiro in midfield feeding it I think we'll just need some pace and some tenacity in the side um, with that and I think Sancho is sort of full of confidence as well so I'm going to go 2-1 United I'm going to go for another tight game. I think their wingers, again, will cause us a lot of problems. Hopefully, Wan-Bissaka's back from illness because 
not necessarily that I prefer him to Dalo, but I think his pace is going to be important in fullback areas against um, their wide players. And I wouldn't even be surprised if you saw Malassia come in and give Shaw a little bit of a rest. All depends on how the legs are feeling. We've played a lot of games, got Barcelona on Thursday after the Sunday, then straight into Leicester. It's just, it's relentless. And we've got to try and use this squad as much as we've got some deficiencies in certain areas. We've got to use as many of these bodies as we can. And and he won't admit it, but he'll have one eye on that EFL Cup final. He'll want to win that. Um, I know it's a day out for a lot of people, but I think for him, in terms of a confidence boost for the manager, I think it will be a big, big boost if he can add a trophy in his first season. It's going to add a lot of confidence to, to the rest of the season and, and the running for the top four, because it's tight. Like you said, Newcastle win their game and then they go back above us. Spurs, who looked not out of it, but... They were flagging a little bit. That City results regalvanised them. I think they won the game before as well. They're coming back into it. Like you said, Liverpool have got a couple of players fit. They've got. It's not looking like Liverpool are going to get top four, but you just never know with Van Dijk coming back in, Jota it, it, getting back to fitness and stuff. If you put a little run together, you just don't know. So again, we've got to be on our metal from now to the end of the season. He's got to utilise the squad, and I bet he still doesn't play Harry Maguire. <laughs> Ob, what's your prediction for Sunday? I'm going to go for one-one. I think it'll be a really tough game. I think um, for all the same sort of reasons Trav's talked about. I think that there's uh, it's the, it's an interesting mix of the teams. They both seem to really want to go for it, but Leeds are very very energetic, and it's still they've still got that sort of energy and fitness levels from the Bielsa days. Um, uh, Marsh, he, he tried to be a little bit more controlled in the way he was doing it and not flogging the players to death but a lot of them boys are still there and they're very, very fit and they're good one-on-one -on -one individual battles on the day um, he's added a little bit of talent like we say on the wings and it, it, it does seem to cause some problems but I would say 1-1 and I would also say it's not a terrible result for United to go away there because um, I, think, I think Leeds are in a false position and are better than they are better than the position in the league table is currently. It's a weird one because it's probably a game that sort of suits the away team a little bit more. Because obviously with the crowd and it being a derby, there's a lot of pressure on the home team to take the game to the other team. I think that might actually suit us a little bit more, that like we can play on the counter-attack a little bit and like soak up little bits of pressure at that time. And I think The danger is, the danger is without Casemiro, that one be as easy to do, Trav, and, and that's what I'm kind of thinking. It's probably a draw written all over it mm. I'm yeah. going to go 2-1 to Leeds just to be a little bit different so we've got three different results um, sometimes when a manager leaves it takes the shackles off the player, players doesn't it because sometimes when a manager leaves he'd lost the dressing room so they might not have been putting a shift in now they might have been rejuvenated themselves playing under a new caretaker boss who maybe they like so yeah I'm going to be a little bit different just for the crack 2-1 leads and marching on together nice. right boys <laughs> hope I can keep my streak going yes I hope not <laughs> right lads uh, thanks for your time we'll be back probably um, Tuesday night because Liverpool play Monday night with a review of the weekend's football see you then <laughs>